to the Astrology of Terrible Things podcast with me, Carly Heath. And this week we're back with astrologer and tarot reader Tigris Blue. Welcome, Tigris. Hi, hi, hi. I'm so excited to be back. So honored to be back. It was so much fun last time. I know we we had a really great time talking about the Donner party last time and we like affectionately talked about Mercury in a Jupiter ruled sign which was a kind of a signature of the of the Donner party and we were we were very lighthearted about it and we were very like some some words that came up were oh the incompetent uh person with the big ideas with the poor execution but we yes. had like this, such affectionate energy towards it as if we were talking about a natal uh, mercury <laughs> in a jupiter ruled sign but now that we're actually right now experiencing the mercury in a jupiter ruled sign um we're having mercury in sagittarius right now what has been your experience with it it is <laughs> it, it is jovial it is fun sometimes to just be like going off the rails with ideas and you know having so many but it quickly gets chaotic it feels like sometimes the ideas don't come across like you and the other person have to be like on the same page or else it's just like so many misunderstandings or just blown out of proportion a little delusional with maybe what you're actually able to accomplish or like some of the ideas that you may have if you're actually able to execute them Mm. Once again, so optimistic, so much fun, really funny, actually, quite hilarious, especially about negative subjects. Like, I feel like a Mercury and Satch can kind of laugh about it a little bit. Um, but yeah, not great for actual getting things done. <laughs> ah, I've been having the, the most negative manifestation of it. And maybe it's because I'm a Libra rising and the South Node is transiting my first house. But gosh, I've been down, down, down in the pits of mental illness and depression and which really, really started and kicked off when, you know, first uh, Venus stepped into Libra. So I was like, yay. And there was like that brief day where I'm like, oh, wow, things are, things are okay. Good. <laughs> and then the day after Mercury went into Sagittarius and then hit that, hit that, um, was it a square to Saturn? Yeah. And immediate downhill energy vibe not thinking through the details yes uh in the way that they need to and even me calling myself out making really bad decisions well I had just transportation issues it's my third house mm. uh, so I I usually ride my bike to work uh on on Tuesday though I had left my bike at work so I so I needed to Uber to work. So I just hated the Uber ride. I hadn't actually ridden in a car in a really long time. And it just uh, made me want to claw through. So uncomfortable. <laughs> I hate, I hate, I hate being in a car. I hate not moving my body. Then I was going to ride my bike home. It was Wednesday and it started raining, but very Donner Party-esque. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be fine. Uh, there, there seems to be a little window here of not raining. I will make a break for it now, ride my bike home. 
instantly got stuck in like a squall um, in Hollywood and had to duck into like underneath an awning and like wait for a bit. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I have a 13 mile commute. Oh gosh. (laughs) And, and I'm just like, okay, do I wait it out or will I be be here for three hours or do I just make a break for it? So I made a break for it. Um, It took me two hours to get home. I was not dressed for rain at all. So of course course not. (laughs) I'm I'm LA person. So I'm like, not used to temperatures being below 70 degrees. And it was 56 degrees. It was raining. My all my clothes were completely soaked through uh, by the time I got home. And I remember thinking as I'm riding my bike and I'm like, not even halfway home. I'm like, this is what the Donner party went through. Like, and this is a fraction of what the Donner party went through. Like, like God knows that uh, God, the gods will throw me their harshest battles, but they know I'm a wimp. So, (laughs) so like someone else's harshest battle is like blizzard Donner party cannibalism. My harshest battle is it's 56 degrees and I'm wet. (laughs) I have seven miles to ride my bike home. You know, Um, we all have our own personal (laughs) battles. But I was, I had never been more miserable in my entire life. And I was like, if it was just like a little bit colder and just a little bit longer, I would, I don't know what I would do. I would just like, (laughs) like jump into the LA river. and Right. Right. Just like, forget everything. (laughs) Just we're done. I will say that Mercury and Sag has the potential to bring out truth about like either yourself or like whatever you're going through with situations. Um, I I just choose to look at things like from a well-rounded view because it can be really easy, especially with displacement to be like, I hate everything, um, depending on like your own chart and what you're going through. But like, I had like maybe a difficult conversation the other day Mm -hmm. and it ended up being really beneficial though. It was awkward though. It was hard at certain points. Maybe it it was what needed to happen. And so I just want to throw that in there for anyone else that's maybe going through like a really hard time during the, this transit, like there is some sort of silver lining from it all. Yeah. I, I have been really like thinking about like my beliefs around um, depression and because what depression does, not a lot of people talk about this, Mm. is depression makes you think and makes you believe and maybe it's true or it shows you the truth of like, the main thought is every time I've been happy before, was a was me deluding myself and mm. this depression this is the truth this like down really down deep bad feeling that I have about myself yeah. and like reliving every failure I've ever had and and just feeling like awful this is the real me and everything else was a delusion and mm. um So I don't, and I'm still in the space where I don't know if that's true or not, because mentally that seems like it, like it is true. No, Uh, I I would say that's not, no, (laughs) that's like the flip side of it. That's what depression makes you like think that, that, that is its only truth in life. Like it's real, like it's real, but it's not the only thing that's real. There's also that good side too. 
Yeah, uh, the Jupiter thing though does it makes you think it through mm-hmm. because I I started making a little calendar and putting like a smiley smiley face and a sad face anytime I'm like this is a sad day and then this is a happy day. And so I'm just keeping track of my sad faces to mm-hmm. so that like if I come out of this, I'll be able to like go, okay, so the sad days lasted this long. And then I'll be able to count when are the happy days, when are the sad days, and then kind of objectively see, you know, track that the mental health progress, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that can be very helpful. The it, it in our culture, though, it seems like there's such a uh, difficult time talking bluntly about uh the full range of the human emotion. Yes. And it can like when you when when people are like how are you? And I'm like well, actually I'm doing really really shitty right now. And right. that kind of it's like the Barbie movie uh scene Yeah, it like where Barbie's like do you off. ever think about death? And everyone's like <laughs> screaming and there's pandemonium for a second like <laughs> of course you do. We all do. And that's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I, I maybe that's part of why I'm drawn to this podcast and talking about terrible things is yes. like because it's part of life. And I think it would be better if everyone just talked about them. Yeah, uh, like we were saying in the last episode that yeah. I was on that, like, it's a part of life. And like, just as much as you can experience extreme amounts of joy and happiness, there's the potential for the opposite of that. So just getting acquainted and understanding how to navigate those things as best as you can can't hide from it so exactly (laughs) Uh, that that brings us to this is the astrology of terrible things podcast which i haven't introduced (laughs) yet and this is uh a show where we talk about uh, everything that comes with all the trigger warnings so we talk about amusement park disasters serial killers catastrophic accidents and all sorts of events that usually result in people dying if any of that sounds like something you, you don't want to hear about, then please do not listen to this show. Um, I do want to put an extra layer of trigger warning on this because I know at least my uh, traumatic event that I'm going to talk about is going to trigger a lot of people. So mm. so especially if, if it's dealing with um, with death, and that's something that is going to be triggering to you, the audience. I would say skip this one because uh, we go we go and talk about it a lot. And yes, actually. Okay, yours is, too. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I'm excited to see yours. <laughs> it's a classic. Uh, <laughs> we're also um, I I invited listeners to share uh, their terrible experiences, so I thought I'd share a listener chart of a terrible thing that happened to them. And oh, yes. see if we if if you can guess what happened. And and so I, we have a lot to talk about today. It's gonna be yeah. really, really exciting. Okay, so which brings us to your chart, Tigris. I, I, I know you sent it to me a few minutes ago, and mm-hmm. I'm just opening up for the first time because I wanted to watch it, look at it with like fresh eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I see it's a Libra rising chart. Interesting. Again. Again. <laughs> Yeah. And your last one was a Libra rising and I am a Libra rising. So it's interesting that you're picking things that are like in my. Without thinking about it. I just like chose obviously this thing. And then I looked at, I was like, again, okay, there might be something here with like Libra energy. (laughs) 
<laughs> that yeah. tends to maybe bring certain certain levels of, of chaos too. I think we talked about it in the last episode as well with like that tipping over into like the more scorpionic energy that is very more like very more <laughs> yeah. that is more um like in the trenches, in the depths, in the darkness versus Libra. And then uh-huh. if you go, if you, if you're before that with Virgo, it's the harvest, it's, it's more yeah. like the fruits of hard work and labor. So, and you're, you're coming out of that sunny summer time. Yeah. Season too. So Libra is like that in between. That's, that's just so interesting. Yeah. It's the equinox and mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of people associate Libra with beauty and harmony and that's a part of it, but there's a huge dark energy with Libra. It's um, the season that's entering the dark part of the year. It's the season where there's the awareness of death. Mm -hmm. And uh, people associate Scorpio with the the darkness. But But I would argue that Libra is just as dark honestly. Yeah. And it's really interesting that Sagittarius too is often associated with jovial and fun and it's a Jupiter, the, you know, Jupiter planet. Santa energy. Claus is like a very, you know, Jupiter energy. Yeah. But, um, but Sagittarius can also be dark. Do you, um, do you know any Sagittarius, uh, people in your, do you have any Sagittarius people in your life? I do. I have a, I have a father. My father is a Sag. And do they have any of that kind of darkness occasionally? His humor. Yeah. (laughs) He, and, and the way that he does go about life tends to be, in my opinion, a more pessimistic view. He Mm. always prepares for a rainy day. Mm. He makes sure that he's got a lot of Virgo in his chart, like Libra and Virgo in his chart too. So it's very much like I have my list and I'm going to check it, check it twice, just in case this awful event happens. And there's been some like chaotic, crazy things that have happened to my father um, throughout his life. And he always makes out. Okay. I like to say that he's, he's like a cat. He has nine yeah. lives. He just continues, which I think is really that Jupiter energy. It's not always just out the gate. Good luck. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes you're getting out of something terrible and you end up being lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the lucky planet that saves the day, but definitely rewards you for planning and um, or mm. not even really planning. Cause that's like, that's the Virgo energy is the planning. Mm-hmm. The, I would yeah. say it's like, betting on faith it's it Mm -hmm. is the planet and are and it also the sign of faith as well like religion plays heavy when you were saying that you are kind of like rethinking and kind of re-philosophizing is that a word (laughs) again um trying to just reframe your thought process about depression I think that's still very Sagittarian of like taking this thing whatever the thing is in this case depression and looking at it and and analyzing it and still not being afraid of it being like this sucks but taking a look at it anyway and that's also like the weird optimism I think that Sag can have yeah yeah and I say I I'm I'm kind of thinking about those themes as I'm looking at this chart of yours where the south node is in um, Sagittarius. We have Venus applying to the South Node. So this awareness of an ending coming um, in the Libra rising chart. It's interesting because this this chart isn't one that stands out as like 
as like, oh gosh, super bad. I know, um, right? Um, I was like, this is on, like, if I was just looking at it like you are and didn't know what was going on, I'd, I'd almost be like, was this actually pleasant? Was this actually like, okay? Because the first thing that you, you see is that it, okay, it's a Libra rising chart and in a night chart, which this is, um, Venus is the most benefic planet. So the most benefic planet is ruling the ascendant in, um, and Venus is in a, in Jupiter sign, which is also a benefic. Um, and yeah, Jupiter is in uh, a Mars ruled sign, but in a night chart, Mars is not a bad planet and Mars is even exalted uh, in this chart. Uh, but the only thing is that all those planets are being ruled by Saturn and Saturn in a night chart is always the big baddie and Saturn is the final dispositor in this chart. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's one of those things where people who are, who kind of have like a, a little bit of modern astrology are, are going to see this and go like, oh, well, not a bad chart. But if you go into the classical Hellenistic astrology and you start looking at, well, what's the final dispositor, the final dispositor is a retrograde Saturn in a night chart. Yeah. So, uh, it's almost just kind of like doomed from the start kind of so, feeling. So yeah, when when you have every planet in the chart being ruled by a malefic planet, um, then and it's, and it's every single planet in this chart is being ruled by Saturn, um, then we're going to go, okay, let's pay attention here. And this was kind of like 2020 uh, energy March 2020, when the pandemic sort of started hitting off, uh, you know, we had Saturn ruling everything. And um, so this, in this case, Saturn, the event that took place, the death, the ending was a group of people, uh, a group of people, I want to somehow at home in a home um, inside of a inside of a structure, inside of a wall almost, there's a confinement. So a group of people confined inside of something. Um, the sun, the sun makes me think of heat. The mm, mm. Jupiter in um, Scorpio. Scorpio is a water sign though. Okay, let's the ruler of the ascendant is in the third house. Um, so the third house is often associated with um, either a neighborhood or like a like a school, like a lower education school. And so the the fact that that Venus is in a Jupiter ruled I also want to say home, like a home school, like a neighborhood school or a home school um, that is being kind of uh, run by like a mother figure or, or no, 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 the son there. I'm, I'm, well, there's like a mother and a father 
once I tell you this is this is going to come out very interesting <laughs> go with go with your gut go with your gut okay. on that okay 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 like there, there is this mother and father energy there's the sun and the moon energy but there's a conflict between them and there is a figure there that is some sort of like leader and there is a confinement it might be in a vehicle that might be the confinement mm -hmm. No. That would be interesting. No, that would be interesting. <laughs> once again, once once again, okay, uh, yeah. Don't give me hit. Don't give yeah, me yeah, hits. Yeah. Um, home travel and home confinement. Travel home confinement. <laughs> At some point, there might have been like a long distance coming from afar to home. Okay, group of people confinement. Um, travel was somehow involved and a mother figure and a father figure and a conflict between them. Uh, what, what was, what's the story? This is the Black Dahlia murder. Oh, the Black Dahlia murder. That's yeah. the son because she wanted to be a movie star. Well, it's and funny. Like that was said it's been very like all over the place. Like this is one of the oldest U.S. Uh -huh. murders that are still unsolved. And so a lot of things that were said, such as she wanted to be an actress, that she was a prostitute, that uh -huh. she was a lesbian, like so many different things were twisted by the media. Yeah. The I mean, yeah. The examiner put out a lot of things, gathered information in a way that was like a little sneaky, in my opinion, from her mother so mm -hmm. that they could like, published this story and it's just so sensationalized so I think that was like the community aspect that you're picking up on yeah because that's like, also the 11th house is fame and you yeah. know I was thinking like a, a group of people for 11th house but it's the fame element yes that yes. it's a very famous Hollywood murder yeah and it's I mean it's still captivating in a way to this day like it, it still captures people's attention it was one of the first like when I began to have an interest, I guess, in the true crime and um, yeah. the underbelly of people's personalities, this was one that just like stuck with me. But it was never confirmed really that she was going to be an actress. She had no acting roles prior and really hadn't put out any work or any any reels or anything at that point, just some friends of her, people who knew her. Um, the the solar and the like fatherly aspect that you're getting, I think came from actually her her actual life like when she was living mm -hmm. and like feeling that disconnect between the mother and the father um her father had passed early on in her life or she thought that he had turns out he actually just made a new life for himself in California and so when she was 18 she went out there to see him because she hadn't yeah. seen him since she was six and so yeah. there had been this like large disconnect um from several for several years and then with her family over the years um, before she finally settled in LA, um, was waitressing. Uh, most people probably know the story. Like she was. Yeah. Tell us, tell us mother. the whole story for as if someone hadn't heard the story. Yeah. Tell us the whole story from your, so, what you know oh, of it. The black Dahlia, um, really Elizabeth short. Mm -hmm. Um, she grew up uh, originally in Boston, like I said, um, the so that's the uh, came from far away. Yes, that all the travel too, yeah. and when we get into like the murder too, there was travel there as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she grew up in Boston. 
like I mentioned earlier, her father was presumed dead. So her mom ended up taking care of her and her, like she had several siblings, I believe like four or five um, siblings. She was in the middle and uh, found out years later that her father was actually alive and went to go visit him. They were not getting along. She ended up staying with various men who were involved in the military and the army. And so mm. I also think that you were getting- So that's that Mars in, um, exalted Mars in Capricorn. Like very protected in a way. Yeah. Um, also mistreated. I find that 11th house, like that Aquarian energy, fame, mistreatment of people who may have that placement or strong placements in, in the 11th house. Um, so it, she did ha have a lot of run-ins with men, I think, that were not great anyway. Um, she had some other issues throughout her life that made her, I think, a little more estranged from her family. So in about 1945, she ends up in L.A. Um, she's waitressing. She's dating around uh, with other guys. She ends up getting arrested, I think, at some point, too. Um, and there's like this famous this famous picture of her, mm -hmm. um, her mugshot. <laughs> yeah. She, she looks like, it's like one of those glam, like she looks glamorous, even though she's yeah. like, you know, getting booked. Yeah. Um, but she technically was missing on January 9th. That was the last time she was seen at um, being dropped off by her then uh, not really boyfriend person she was dating. I believe he was the last person to see her though. She was supposed to be meeting up with her sister and that just never happened. And then on January 14th or 15th, actually, she was found severed in the middle. Yeah. The, and completely all her blood, blood drained. Yeah. 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 And she was posed, which is just so gruesome, very unusual. Um, I I was actually looking for a planet to be in Aquarius because I found this to be such a um weird thing that happened uh, but yeah. it was really just the 11th house there was really nothing in Aquarius beyond that yeah. um, or with Aquarius energy but still just very strange and a mother while she was like walking in the morning at a park she's found at um, a park so that school so that's the neighborhood and that's yeah. the actual child energy there that you were getting yeah I was like yes that's like that that is spot on that is like in that vicinity. and is this chart the uh her birth chart or the chart it is of not the finding her birth of the chart okay the finding of the body I was I wondering if body. I should do her birth chart because I think that would be interesting too to see yeah. like she was a Leo that's all I know July 29th okay um but just to and the opposite of Aquarius, right? Well, like, if, if she was a, a July 29th Leo, then mm -hmm. that would mean that in the chart of her finding of her body, um, she's having, uh, you know, Saturn transiting her, her son and, you know, whole sign cope, you know, both Saturn and Pluto whole sign, you know, going near her son. I mean, then that would basically every Leo that year is having some sun saturn pluto difficulties <laughs> but, yeah but yeah, um, yeah it'd be interesting to look at her chart yeah but so i was like should i do the I, I chose the date of the the murder which was kind of roundabout to um they during the autopsy found that she wait probably... now but but this here this chart is a midnight chart because yeah. uh, you'll so was she found at midnight she was found the next day but they okay. the autopsy is like 
she probably died 10 hours prior on the 14th, technically, because she was transported, right? And confined probably somewhere. Yeah, that's she was definitely kidnapped and confined. Yes. That's what this chart definitely says. Yes. And just uh, so, so horrible. And just to find that too, she had the glass glow, uh, glass glow smile Uh um, as well, which is just like so- yeah so what that is um for those wondering what's a glasgow smile it's like if you've seen the joker like he takes the knife and cuts his uh lips to make like the smile like and they did that to her yeah Yeah. it was the thing to do at the time i did not know that until i was like re-researching this i did not know that that was just a thing that was kind of happening in the 20s and 30s from Mm -hmm. scotland like it's Mm. so just so horrible well we can look at this chart and solve the black dahlia murder because (laughs) because the the um the libra rising that's definitely her because she's um i mean you have like the victim who's like a beautiful uh you know venusian victim and her the killer is this exalted mars so i wonder if the killer, you know, we've got exalted Mars being ruled by a 11th house Saturn. I wonder if the killer was a prominent Hollywood type, a, a producer, a um, someone who, who had like a definite sadistic um bent to them but also who had a lot of power especially with that pluto there in the 11th house i mean after over a hundred suspected people and nothing for several years you kind of wonder if maybe something like that is the case and they were trying to cover it up and just the um the the things that go on with the lapd and the, yes. the hiding of things specifically that go on with the LAPD at the time, especially, mm-hmm. and how sensationalized it was, how many stories were coming out about this and how much money were was to be made off of this poor woman's death. Like the just I think the Venus, the Venus being so strong in this chart, too, also speaks to why there were so many like sexual things talked about. Just the fact mm-hmm. that she was that she was she wore black sheer clothing and um she was pregnant but then she wasn't she couldn't be she couldn't um conceive was also a rumor just so many back and forth things about her sensuality her sexuality um and maybe not enough of actually solving her murder yeah yes definitely this re- this really does seem like i'm i'm like going i'm going to solve the black dahlia murder right here but this really seems like a chart that suggests someone who has a lot of power who has a lot of influence over the LAPD and we know the LAPD i live in LA so i the LAPD is extremely corrupt and extremely can turn a blind eye to a lot of shit if the person who is doing the crime has a lot of influence and power and there are some people who are doing terrible terrible things in LA to women especially especially when it comes to Scientology and and just all of the crazy Hollywood things and, and if she truly was trying to be an inspire like aspiring actress who yeah. knows who knows 
Yeah. Um, so my vote is on sadistic, powerful Hollywood person who had influence with the LAPD. Matt yeah. who killed the Black Dahlia. Yep. <laughs> what, what's, what's your theory? I think it was somebody that she knew mm-hmm. and she went home with them because home yeah. with that fourth yeah. uh, fourth house was very strong in this church too. And they, whether it was someone that tried to date her or that maybe she was dating, there mm-hmm. does feel like a sexual component to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it ended horribly. And I think that the LAPD was just trying to protect it because there probably is like some sort of power. I didn't think about that, but there probably is some some sort of power specifically um, that she was dealing with that they could not sacrifice. Yeah. Oh, um, this is thank you so much for sharing that. You <laughs> this is that was also a really uh, tricky, interesting case. I'm just doing things that interest me. me. I'm not trying to be like. <laughs> No, no, it it made me think and it made me learn more. Um, And it was just fascinating. Um, This is not our main story, but this is something that happened this week. It was a big, uh, it was not a big story, but it was a story that I saw trending on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to run the chart of that. Um, Can you guess what happened? Okay. Well, let's see. The sun and... Was that 25 degrees in Scorpio? Sun Mars conjunction on the ascendant. Yeah. So a huge power move or a huge um, gaining of power or a spotlight on somebody that has a lot of power. Both malefics are angular. You have Mars on the ascendant and you have Saturn on the um, IC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so very very pivotal i'm looking at the moon in the fourth house in aquarius at zero degrees <laughs> so we talked about that before yeah yeah i think i have another zero degree chart that just happened that i'm going to sh- show you so much so it could be dealing with something um i'm, I'm i want to say ai maybe even or like uh, something with tech. So this is the launching of um, of SpaceX's uh, Starship, and it exploded after it was launched. And they called it a what did they call it? They called it a rapid unscheduled disassembly. <laughs> nice, nice touch. Nice touch with the words. Yeah, you got That's it with the sad. you got it with the tech. Um, but <laughs> but it was really interesting because because it, it kind of trended on Twitter like oh Elon Musk his spaceship exploded. Right. And they called it a rapid unscheduled disassembly. That's, that's funny. Um, but, but just to show you that Elon Musk is not hiring an astrologer for his launches. Um, you you don't want to launch a spaceship when Mercury's in Sagittarius. What are you doing? But also bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Just plain and simple. (laughs) Uh, While Jupiter is retrograde, but also, um, you want to avoid doing things when both malefics are angular when when you have so you're it's technically nighttime when he started the launch um this is the chart of the launch Mm -hmm. and then it took a few minutes for the explosion to happen so as as soon as um the sun hit 
the horizon, then the explosion happened. That's when Mars and the first house became the um, the most malefic planet. So it switched from Saturn malefic to Mars malefic. So when you're going from, you know, an angular malefic to another angular malefic, it's not going to end well. Okay. So I'm good. And this is, this is the one that we're going to talk about this week. We have a uh, Venus on the midheaven mm-hmm. uh, in Aries where yeah. Venus does not do well. Uh, we have in its detriment for sure mars but mars is mars co-present with mars yeah yeah and the mercury is also in aries yeah um we have the sun in the 11th house and this is tricky i this tells us a lot about that this is going to be a publicized mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. um and we have uh the moon on ruling the ascendant and the moon is in the third house uh being ruled by mercury the third house in this chart is uh virgo and mercury is in aries so we got venus we got mars and we got mercury all in aries in the 10th house this feels like a push like a huge push to like put some sort of information out there or force like a narrative even of um the account of something or the details of how something happened or will happen if it, it does feel like this is going to happen or we want this to happen and so we're going to put this out here we do we have rahu or the uh i'm sorry the south node actually in Sag, and then the north node in gemini so it just once again doesn't feel like a good idea overall it doesn't seem like it was oh and uh, sun square pluto that was that and this is this is not going to be an easy one one to because it's a very specific thing that happened and it's yeah. not going to be an easy one to quickly label just guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. no but let but me it, tell you it is interesting yeah it is it is super interesting but pay attention to that venus uh near the midheaven on the in the 10th house okay so mm-hmm. this is the story of evelyn francis McHale. And the story, I call the story, the feminine urge to leap out a window rather than deal with the consequences of telling a man no. Ah, uh, so real. <laughs> so real. Um, let me show you what this, I, I have to show you the picture so that you understand. Evelyn McHale jumped out of or off the Empire State Building. Oh, how many feet? Uh, let me, let me see. Uh, I wrote this down somewhere. Um, and this happened 86th floor from from the 86th floor in the oh. 40s. And this is how she landed. Uh, she landed on a UN li- limousine uh, laying on her back and her body after she fell w- was posed in this very restful, beautiful position. This is just an awe-inspiring photo because this is a dead body we're looking at a corpse here we're looking at the corpse of a woman who has fallen from 86 stories so visceral and she she looks extremely peaceful yeah it's like she delicately just slammed almost like she just like lay is is laying in a bed of blankets but then you closely and you're like oh no she's this is a vehicle this is (laughs) this is metal 
this yeah this metal metal vehicle and she's holding her pearls and what's crazy is usually when you see a dead body the mouth is open the you know just it looks very lifeless yeah looks peaceful her mouth is closed her eyes are closed her body isn't ruined at all she's like um it looks like someone literally just placed her in this thing that was shaped for her perfectly for her perfect so this is a beautiful death and this image of her um has been was instantly photographed by a photography student who came happened to come across her and um it got published in time or life magazine uh i wrote all the stories or all the thing i'll have to find that in my notes there um and this has been replicated this photo quite a bit uh by Taylor Swift, by David Bowie's 1993 video for the single Jump They Say. Uh, It's been mimicked Radiohead's 1995 music video for the single Street Spirit, Fade Out. Um, Wow, like just that fame aspect, just so... Also when I said pushed. Uh, pushed <laughs> literally pushed oh that's so terrible and a uh, taylor swift's bad blood music video released in 2015 uh also mm. referenced that image it's remarkable because how one just how often does that happen when when you come across a corpse i mean every, every corpse picture i have seen or every dead body i've seen has been you know, horrifying. And this is beautiful. So it's like, what does it take to make a beautiful death? Uh, Venus on the midheaven. (laughs) That's, that's the, the chart of her. So let's, let's go into a little bit of her life. We don't have her actual, um, birth time. Um, but as you can see, she's got a, uh, Venus at the 29th degree of Virgo, and she's a Virgo sun and she's got uh, the North node in Virgo. Um, she's got Mercury in Libra and she's got Saturn in Libra. Um, and maybe I felt such an affinity for this because I'm like, wow, her chart's kind of a little, little bit my, like mine, <laughs> a little bit yeah. that Libra. She got that Virgo energy. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that trying to the moon in Aquarius, uh, not mine, but you know, like, like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I have that trying to Aquarius and, uh, and we got the, the South node really close to, um, Uranus there in Pisces, um, Pluto in Cancer. Uh, so her story is, she on uh, April 30th, 1947, she took a train from New York to Easton, Pennsylvania to visit her fiance Rhodes. What was mm. his name? I put his name in there somewhere. Um, and the next day after leaving his residence, she returned to New York City and went to the Empire State Building where she jumped from the 86th floor observatory, landing on top of a parked car. A security guard was reportedly standing approximately 10 feet from her just before she jumped. Oh. Uh, Rose, her fiance, said he did not notice any indication 
of suicidal thoughts before Evelyn left. Uh, Detective Frank Murray, which is such a 1940s detective name, right. found, <laughs> found her suicide note in a black pocketbook next to her neatly folded cloth coat over an observation deck wall. The note read, I don't want anyone in or out of my family to see any part of me. Could you destroy my body by cremation? I beg of you and my family, don't have any service for me or remembrance for me. My fiance asked me to marry him in June. I don't think I would make a good wife for anybody. He is much better off without me. Tell my father I have too many of my mother's tendencies. That's so heartbreaking. There, there is something, the whole drama of the scene, the whole final laying of her corpse and the, mm. the event, the story of it all speaks yeah. so much to, like I wrote in my note, the feminine urge to literally jump out of a building before disappointing a man by telling him no, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's, it's not you. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> It's me so much that I can't can't even deal. I with can't it. even bear it. Yeah. yeah, and I'm gonna jump off this building, and uh, and it just speaks so much to the pressure on women to conform to be a certain way, and then when and you her, don't her fit moon a certain was way. her moon was in Aquarius. Aquarius, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, there's like obviously some deep mother wounds there something going on yeah her, her mother was mentally ill mm. um let me see her her story I have too many notes here um so here's her whole story born uh, September 20th 1923 she's born in Berkeley California one of nine children Jeez. nine children they were just popping them out back then Helen and Vincent McHale her father was a bank examiner but imagine being able to live in Berkeley California with nine children and you, on one income you're a bank examiner and <laughs> never <laughs> today now yeah never yeah. <laughs> never um her father was a bank examiner who relocated to Washington uh DC in 1930 her mother suffered from undiagnosed and untreated depression and I wrote, did the nine children have anything to do with that? Great question. <laughs> I sure as hell would have untreated and undiagnosed depression if I had nine children. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> this led to a challenging marriage and ultimately a divorce. Good for them getting divorced in the 1920s. Yeah. That must not have been easy. Not uh, at all. Vincent, Especially for the woman. Yeah. Her father gained custody of all the children, which is also wow, um, and moved to Tuckahoe, New York. Uh, and I, what was life like for the eight siblings being raised by a single dad? I wondered, because uh, I'm sure one, she did not get any nurturing from mm -mm. I mean, a 1920s dad, mm -mm. you know, men these no. days are bad enough, but 1920s dad with eight you know, other children to, yeah, no, yeah. he's just worried about, you know, putting food on the table and making sure that everyone is physically okay. And that is it. And maybe even just because she specifically mentioned to her father, like I'm too much like my mother, there could have been some blaming in her childhood from her father. Yeah. So if you remind me of her, like, uh, who knows? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure he probably was maybe bitter and he talked trash about her mom probably. Yeah. A lot, you know, yeah. you can imagine 1920s guy. Um, after graduating from Normandy High School in 1942, uh, McHale joined the Women's Army Corps and was stationed in uh, Jefferson City, Mich- Missouri. She later moved to Baldwin, New York. So she's moving around a lot. Um, mm. She's doing things. Um, she was a bookkeeper at the Kitab Engraving Company on Pearl Street. She met her fiance, Barry Rhodes. That's his name. I wrote his name down somewhere. A college (laughs) student who was discharged from the United States Army Air Force. Um, So they were supposed to get, uh, get, they were engaged to be married. And I'm sure she was starting to have a lot of feelings about that. But Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's the 1940s. You can't exactly say, change your mind or be like I don't want this yeah Yeah. um so she went to visit him for his 24th birthday and uh if if you're paying attention to annual perfections uh 24th birthday is a first house year so he's starting a new cycle Mm. in life and um and it's interesting. She kills herself right after his 24th birthday. So he is starting a whole new cycle after her death. Not um, the one he probably wanted to start, yeah, but yeah. yeah. All seemed well between the couple the next day. Barry kissed. And that's like typical man. Like you, you the man, especially 1940s man, has no idea what's going on in the inter- interior world of the woman. She um, was fine. Like you couldn't fine. see anything me. or noticed anything. Like. Yeah. Yeah. All seemed well between the couple the next day. Barry kissed his fiance goodbye. She boarded the 7 a.m. train to Penn Station. And he's like, when I kissed her goodbye, she was happy and as normal as any girl about to be married. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, everyone just desires this and wants this and is totally fine. Everybody, absolutely. And also you can just picture like the woman just acting like normal. Like, you yeah. know, that's what you're really well trained to do is act like everything's okay all the time. Their yeah. wedding was set to be held at Barry's brother's home in Troy, New York that June. Around 1040, patrolman John Morrissey directing traffic on the uh, 34th street and fifth Avenue intersection noticed a white scarf floating from the upper floors of the building. Moments later, he heard a crash and um, she fell a hundred and no, no, not a hundred, a thousand and fifty feet, a thousand and fifty feet. Wow. Her body, you know, in the picture looked intact when they eventually did lift her out to take her. I guess her her body just sort of liquefied. Um, Really, uh, really fascinating that from such a a high, uh, high up and just to look so normal in that initial moment to be preserved by, which also speaks to the, in her birth chart, she had Saturn in Libra, which is the, um, which is the exaltation of Saturn. Mm-hmm. So what Saturn and Libra, what the images are going to live forever. She's going mm-hmm. to be immortalized. All, all of her chart says is like kind of um, there's an era of perfection in the things uh-huh. that she does and performs. Like 
I think a lot of people who are about to commit suicide end up, you know, neatly doing things sometimes. It de- it depends. But yeah. um, within her and her charts with the Virgo and the Libra energies, it's it is very much like delicate, almost like like just oh, so sadly beautiful for sure. And how that imagery got picked up by musicians like David Bowie and Taylor Swift. And, you know, that Saturn and Libra energy is also Beyonce energy. You know, Beyonce Mm. has the Saturn and Libra and she also has that Virgo and Libra energy. Mm. Um, So that like image of Venus, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the Venusian, um, Mm. the immortal goddess is that. And such a perfectionist sign of Virgo too is like, wow. The, uh, so she was 23 years old. So she was having a 12th house year yeah. and the 12th house is the unseen house. Like, so no one knew what was going on with her. You know, everything that she was doing was in- not that there was maybe a lot of probing either yeah. or asking mm-hmm. questions, but wasn't, if it wasn't asked before, it wasn't going to get asked this year. So. Yeah. Uh, and this is the, I, the transit chart of her birth chart and the day of her death. Transiting Neptune is making a perfect trine to her moon. So that's really interesting. The idealism coming in there. And then the moon is making a sextile or her moon or transiting Venus is making a sextile to her moon um, in that Saturn ruled sign. So, you know, the, the Neptune and the Venus are that beauty and the, her natal moon in the Saturn ruled sign, like the permanence of her beauty being there for like all eternity in the form of this photo, uh, which, but like, it makes me wonder, okay, what is the trigger? Well, you got the transiting Mars opposite her, um, natal Mercury retrograde, Um, So Mars is kind of passing that natal Mercury retrograde, which makes me think that maybe she was a day chart and, and, you know, and maybe, you know, Mars being the man, maybe she's like, I just can't do this anymore. And instead of speaking Mercury and saying no, and she like like internalized it and just 12th house physically just was like, ended it all. Yeah fascinating I think that's so interesting I first of all I should have done um Elizabeth Short's the Black Dahlia's chart with her I should have done the same thing we did very similar deaths oh they're very very similar beautiful women um the the beauty of their death being immortalized fascination with it and then you know immediately getting publicized yeah Uh, so really fantastic we also the posing even the posing the posing of the, the, posing yeah. of the, the that venusian thing that's yeah. amazing we were both on the same brain brain you know that's ever. so funny i know right? mercury mercury energy unite <laughs> <laughs> i know right amazing okay so we'll wrap things up for today with a list, list, a little listener story here. Um, a listener sent in a chart and you guys can too. I do want to encourage everyone listening. If you have a terrible thing that happened to you, uh, email the astrology of terrible things at gmail.com. 
and tell me it, you, we want to get as close to the time that the terrible thing happened as possible. Um, if you can't get the exact time, at least tell us, did it happen during the daytime or at nighttime? Did it happen before noon? Did it happen afternoon? Um, the closer we can get the better and tell us your, lo the location that it happened. Um, so like city date time, if you want to include your own birth chart, uh, that is really, really helpful, but not required. And what's really interesting is I just pulled up the chart of this listener story uh, and found that I didn't even need to look at her birth chart. Just the chart of the thing that happened was really informative about what happened. I have I you can tell that like just when you were analyzing the Black Dahlia chart, there was a lot from her life in general that you were picking yeah. up on that kind of related to the the actual death, but really was like her, her life. Yeah, exactly. Like the the Libra rising chart, the uh, yeah, the that really strong Venus, really, really interesting. Um, so, oh. Tigris, what do you take from this chart? This chart is a terrible thing that happened. Um, oh, we've got the moon in one degrees in Virgo. That always pops out to me as like a moon ruled person. I'm like, what's going on with the moon? Um, we've got a lot of things happening in Scorpio. We've got Pluto and the sun in the 12th house in, <laughs> in Scorpio. And, and um, also, uh, I know it's hard to tell, but also Mercury and Venus in the 12th yeah. house. Yes. And Mercury at 29th degree of, of Scorpio. Oh man. So yeah, all of, all of that is, is sticking out to me and it makes me feel like, well, okay. Weird, weird first thing that this was, did this happen during like puberty or like a time in her life where maybe, or their life that they were going through, maybe like a, a growth in, in some way, or it's not something that necessarily happened to her, but it was okay. a thing that happened that definitely affected her. Um, okay. But and it, 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 it's emotionally maybe there yeah. was like a yeah okay um <laughs> let's say something happened to her family member see if you can okay. guess what family member it was um <laughs> a femme in the family a woman potentially okay so the the woman thing is important yes. but um it was actually her father okay um, and notice the sun in the 12th house with uh, the Venus and the Mercury um, and the sun conjunct Pluto. Yeah. Um, so we, we did sun conjunct Pluto during the Donner party too. Yeah. So sun conjunct Pluto and then the Mercury has recently departed from uh, a conjunction with Venus in the 12th house, house of self-undoing. Um, the... Uh, the, you know, being ruled by Mars retrograde in the seventh house, house that deals with other people. So was this a divorce or a separation from her parents separating or like, Ugh. it's in that genre of thing. It's, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, oh, God, here, let me look. It just, it feels like a, 
a loss of some sort. So it yeah, could have been yeah. like a yeah. divorce, a cheating, a death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, all of that. Okay. So what happened yeah. was uh, her father had been having an affair with someone at work. It got found out he lost his job and um, also was being investigated for sexual harassment and then uh, died by suicide. Oh my goodness. Which oh. you look at this chart and it's, um, it's very, um, you know, father, Pluto, son, Pluto conjunction, father, death, father. Yeah. Also that, that idea of the, the father being uh, exposed, you yeah. know, uh, the truth of the father being exposed. And also that Donner party thing that the like, oh, you think this is all great? You will be exposed, you know? Exactly. Um, exactly. In the 12th house, the house of self-undoing. So the father mm. uh, undoing him, all of his, everything that he'd worked for. Um, and the, you know, if you look at the seventh house, which is other people, you're saying mm -hmm. that, that's where the malefic, where, that's where Mars is. So there's that and retrograde that difficulty, you know, coming back to the surface, the retrograde is like, oh, things are getting pulled from the past and exposed. You can't hide. You can't, can't hide. hide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Gemini. So yeah, information. We have the T basically like we know, oh, that's so terrible. And yeah, I would say definitely affected this person emotionally um, for sure. <laughs> like yeah. just maybe I, I, I don't, I don't want to psychoanalyze, but yeah, I would say that this would heavily make me have feelings on like relationships and masculine energy potentially and just oh yeah and uh and you know the jupiter which is the most positive planet in the chart uh being ruled by the 12th house sun um in the ninth house this change this is hugely impactful on her core beliefs mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. So here's what she wrote. My dad killed himself on November 10th, 1990 at approximately 8 a.m. in Evergreen, Colorado. He had an affair with a coworker and was about to be fired for sexual harassment. Um, and uh, his, so this is the chart of the death. And then this is his birth chart. We don't have the exact time, uh, mm. but the moon in Scorpio definitely speaks to um, that, that, that difficulty with getting that nurturing, that, you know, that moon, um, that that's definitely a challenged, you know, part, uh, the, both difficulty, you know, giving nurturing to others and the, you know, the wound of not being nurtured, uh, yeah. and the Jupiter, Look at the Jupiter, Neptune, Chiron conjunction and Libra. That's lots of like healing that needs to happen around like balance within relationships and feeling at peace with things. But I'm also like Evelyn Hale. This is a very Evelyn Hale similar chart in that the mm -hmm. Mercury and Sun are both in Virgo. So mm -hmm. perfectionism that like, I have, mm -hmm. I've not been able to live up to my ideal. So I'm going to end it all. 
I wonder if, mm-hmm. you know, I had a friend who had my same birthday, um, also a Virgo, and she died by suicide too. And I mm-hmm. do wonder if there's data out there that shows Virgos are more, more likely to die by suicide because. Uh, I wonder because of their maybe inability to like handle when they're not in their most perfect state. I mean, it is opposite Pisces too, which makes me mm-hmm. think of like, I was just talking to a friend about this the other day where it almost feels like sometimes Virgo is the more hidden sign just because it doesn't always allow itself to have its hidden traits or its more undesirable traits seen versus a Pisces where it can be very out in the open. It's very known how quote unquote crazy or whatever they they may be. And they often don't really care versus a Virgo that cares so much. Yeah, very, um, very, it's an anxious sign. Mm-hmm. It is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, fascinating. And uh, look at yeah. the, uh, this is also something I have in my chart, which is the Mars applying to the North Node. Uh, the, oh no, the, the public thing, the, uh, you know, the anxiety about what will they think of me? Um mm-hmm what direction am I going in? Am I going in the wrong direction? Uh, I'm going in the wrong direction. Maybe I should end it all, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so he was yeah. a, he was 45 years old. He was in his 10th house year. So very Hard. focused on public image at that time in his life. And probably mm-hmm. also 10th house often deals with the mother. So off, since that wounded mother you know, Scorpio moon thing. I wonder if that mm-hmm. sort of core wounds come up from lack of nurturing when he was younger. Younger, definitely. I could see that. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's so crazy. And this is her birth chart. Aries rising with Uranus mm. on exactly on the descendant. And so- mm. We can look to wherever the sun is and to see what's going on with the father. And the sun is in the ninth house uh, ruled by Jupiter. And so it's interesting in the chart of his death, um, Jupiter was in the ninth house. Uh, so in there's these signatures in both her birth chart and in the birth in the chart of her, her father's death that deal with beliefs that this event is going to be maybe also just a huge legal thing and then also this um this you know know, core thoughts of her spirituality and her beliefs are going to be impacted here Mm -hmm. check out the zero degree uh venus venus zero degree sagittarius so she's beginning a whole in her life a whole cycle um, she's part of a whole beginning of a cycle of belief around around relationships, pro- love, connections, masculinity, relationships with men, how um, to communicate to since that Mercury is so close to, which I wonder, since we've been talking about Mercury and Sag, like how that's been going for her right now. And like in the past, like, does it work yeah. well for her actually? Yeah, the um, I'm gonna have a one-on-one conversation with her and talk through all this and kind of find out more about how this yeah. has impacted her life. Uh, but it's interesting yeah. that she decided to share this moment and this chart while um, Mercury is in or transiting her uh, 
her ninth house with which is such a ho- yeah. powerful house that deals with her father it's interesting yeah um so uh jennifer when uh when her father passed uh she was almost into her 10th house year so she was in her ninth house year when she passed and then quickly a month later went into her 10th house year so um so the this was an important ending Mm -hmm. related to her core beliefs and then going into the 10th house year that next year was very focused on the mother and her relationship with her mother so um i'm interested to talk to her about that yeah so we talked about some dark stuff this week. For sure. <laughs> That's why I told people this is going to be a triggering conversation. But yeah, there's something really inter- interesting. Like I started uh, this conversation. I was, I've been feeling really depressed all day. And I'm definitely depressed yesterday in the last couple of days. Um, and after talking through this all and looking at this, my depression level is significantly reduced it just helps make sense of things. Like if your brain can process something like this, it kind of puts everything in perspective and it can make you feel better when you just know. (laughs) Do you think that there is a, in, in your community or amongst your friends, is the feeling towards astrology like more positive or more negative, do you think? It's definitely more positive than when I was growing up. When I first got into astrology, which has been a very long time since I was like 11, 12 years old, it was not popular yet. It hadn't had its renaissance. And now that we are seeing um, more information, more people getting into it, or at least talking about it, um, it feels like it's fun. It's fun to talk about, but I think how people can use it more as a tool is still um, being developed or redeveloped, you know, it's always been a tool. Astrologers have always been a thing forever, um, pretty much. But I think people are now catching on to using this as like an everyday thing and being serious about it and not just a meme. Yeah. What transit are you most looking forward to coming up in the months? Ah. <laughs> this might be surprising, but I'm, I am looking forward to the full moon in Gemini that's coming up soon. Um, I, I, I mean, it's a lot of chaotic energy as with any mutable energy, any mutable sign. And um, I was saying earlier too, I was just like, this is an opportunity for all the wishy-washiness, all of the things that maybe feel turbulent in our lives right now this is a chance to kind of make that quick decision to either go forward with something or to not especially if you're trying to have an ending or create an ending or stop something doing some sort of releasing whether it's through ritual if that's something that you're into like this can be a good time for releasing um releasing anything that you are trying to stop doing like a habit um with the full moon yeah so I'm actually looking forward to just having a, a little bit more of a clearer mindset. I don't think it's going to feel that way until after the moon um, has already occurred, like a few days afterwards, once everything's kind of died down, but we're getting ramped up to um, put a stop to something or to um, 
dedicate ourselves to whatever it is that we we feel like we do need to be loyal to people we need to be loyal to or things that we do need to be dedicated to I think we're going to finally decide once and for all what that is and what that looks like and it's going to come off kind of fast so do be careful about making like hasty decisions and then then again sometimes that's what you need is to just make a decision yeah. So this full moon, this is Monday, November 27th. I'll have to drop this episode before then. <laughs> um, th- so this is g- going to be a uh, um, full moon that's ruled by a debilitated Mercury and uh, going to hit that hit that opposition to Mars before it hits the full moon opposition. And then immediately, like the next day, it's, it's going to be Venus conjunct the South node. So what you say about endings, it's going to be a big, big time ending for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm thinking this relationship ending relationships or even it, I, I'm also getting like, like with the body too, because Gemini kind of has like a, a thing with the body and like health um sometimes but yeah it, it's mostly going to affect I think the relationships that you uh that you that people are are going through right now and whether it's worth it or not and to just like call it quits if it's not to just go ahead and end it yeah R- really interesting and Gemini notice it deals with parts of the body that are like two things so like your two arms yes or yes. your your two ears or your so two it makes me think of like making decisions arms. going back and forth switching around and it's like no just like end it but don't end it like the people that we've talked about today don't do that but yeah I'm, 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 I'm going to flip through the chart and see like, when are we going to have any good news? Cause that's what I, 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 you know, people are asking me like, when is it going to get better? And I'm like, it's going to be rough for a little while. We got to yeah. Mercury retrograde in Capricorn for Capricorn season in general. <laughs> people are like happy holidays and I'm like who's having happy holidays not over here no <laughs> one's having happy holidays God. it's, it's you know, mercury and retrograde and mars and oh goodness so I uh, probably I'm waiting for that mercury retrograde and capricorn to be over it looks like around when you'll be January. yeah <laughs> when you'll feel all right um <laughs> And then Jupiter will pro- will be finally going direct again. Um, Ca- you know, all those planets in Capricorn are kind of a bummer, but mm. at least Mars will be exalted, and and the planets will be moving forward, and Jupiter and Taurus will be moving forward. Uh, so that's good. One thing I noticed is, you know, I've been, my finances have been very low. I've just been having tons of expenses come up. Mm-hmm. And so I will be adjunct teaching again to supplement my, my income in January. So that maybe is that Jupiter direct again. I had, while Jupiter too. was retrograde. I had been not teaching <laughs> and uh, now Jupiter's direct again. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start teaching again because I need, yes. I need some more money. So yeah, it's in Taurus. It's in the sixth house, which is like jobs, career, co-working. So yeah, it's a good, it, it'll be a good time. 
Thank you so much for this fun time, this fun astrological conversation. And we got to experience that, that wonderful synchronicity of both choosing deaths of beautiful women. So yeah. go us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Very, very fascinating how it all plays out yeah. all the time. Now, Tigris, where can people find you and, and purchase your services? Uh, you can find me at tigris.blue on Instagram. So that's T-I-G-R-E-S-S-E dot B-L-E-U. Or you can email me at tarotbytigris at gmail.com. Fine with a DM, fine with an email either way. Um, but yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. Music for the show is provided by Bruno Loreiro. Follow us on Instagram at the Astrology of Terrible Things, all one word. Thank <laughs> you.